Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. Okay, do you remember the first time we met Ben and Kirsten Watson? At PAO, at the NFL Christian Conference. Do you remember? We remember the first time we met you guys. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I just remember uh, this lady up on stage chopping leaves off of a plant. <laughs> and I was like, was this, is this stage? I mean, did she really do, like just go to Home Depot and get this plant and get these shears? Or did, it, what a great illustration. But this is like really, and I always remember it. I think that probably was the first time. I mean, Dave, you were important too, but I really just remember um, that, that poor plant. Hey, we all know uh, Ann is the superstar. I just, you know, I follow her around. And you know what I do, Ben? I go buy the plants at Home Depot. That's what hey, I do. There you yeah. go. You did. Everyone is important. You know what I remember is I knew you guys and I kind of had you on this pedestal and I was super excited to get to meet you because some people said that you were there. And then when I was going to do that plant illustration, I don't know if you remember this, Ben, but I used your name in it. As a comparison, like everybody wishes their husband was like Ben oh, Watson. No, you, I do remember. I do remember <laughs> that, that. Was, that was not the, that the first time. First, that wasn't the first time but, we met you. Yeah. Oh. Well, that wasn't the first, well, that wasn't the first time that we met y'all or we saw you guys on stage. But I do specifically remember you using my name in one of the illustrations. <laughs> oh and, man! And, and I'm not gonna lie, like the, the the pride in me was like, man, my name got mentioned on stage. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Seriously? <laughs> 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 like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's crazy because the first time Benjamin we saw that and you ch- I mean that think that was a huge turn in our marriage for me and I always tell you this story the first time that we saw you do that and I was like I am a booer and mm. I am chopping off leaves and I remember thinking I don't want to do that anymore so every mm. single time you do it it brings me back to like that was just such a great visualization for someone who learns that way it was just awesome because I was like I got to find a different way to boo <laughs> <laughs> No, you're not supposed to boo. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not supposed to boo. I actually have my branches grow. Oh, look at that. Since we met y'all. I guess we should even explain. Well, I I would just say this. If you're a listener and you don't know what they're talking about, we'll post it in the show notes. You can go click on that link and watch Ann do her visual how often she was chopping my flaws, I you know, was, seeing weaknesses and calling them out and how that sort of destroys a guy. Anyway, there's no one that can do it like Ann Wilson, and it's awesome. <laughs> and everywhere we go around the country, we have to bring plants on stage <laughs> and do that. But now we just show the video, so you can watch that video and know what they're talking about. But let me introduce, we've got Benjamin and Kirsten Watson, a 16-year NFL player veteran couple with seven, did I say seven? You seven said, children. You said seven. Kirsten has just released a book, which is awesome. I love your title, Sis, Take a Breath, Encouragement for the Woman Who's Trying to Live and Love Well, but Secretly Just Wants to Take a Nap. What a perfect title. <laughs> you guys, welcome to Family Life Today. We haven't had you on before, and it's great to have you with us. Ah, Thanks for having yeah. us. We're excited. Like I said, we, we see you once a year, and so this feels really natural. <laughs> feels, it feels good. good. Let's jump into your story. Um, uh, I think our listeners would love to hear, how'd you guys meet? How'd you fall in love? Give us a little background. 
Well, I'll, I'll start <laughs> off and get my version first because my version is usually correct. Uh, or so um, we say uh, it's correct. You know, Go ahead. We actually met uh, at University of Georgia. We both went to school there. I transferred over after my uh, freshman season at Duke University, and we actually met for the first time in FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, but I saw Kirsten for the first time. Uh, at the beginning of the school year. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I love when you tell the story. At the story. beginning of the school year, there's like kind of a block party. Everybody gets to know everybody, you know, kind of jump off the school year, make you excited about going to school, uh, that sort of thing, and see all, you know, all the new people. And I saw her at the student center. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost like, have you ever seen, you remember the movie E.T.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And like the light shines down on E.T.? <laughs> Like, yep. I felt like there was a light shining on Kirsten amongst all these other people. She had on these red pants, wow. white Chris shirt. Uh-huh. She looked like this perfect combination of sexy and classy. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Lord, maybe this is why you brought me to University of Georgia. Maybe. <laughs> didn't talk to her. You didn't talk to her? No, no, none of that stuff. I'm still, I'm still trying to reconcile exactly <laughs> why I didn't or what happened there. But I ended up meeting her later on in FCA. In FCA, yep. And it always, I'm like, you have to, like, say why I was wearing, Georgia is black and red, so I was in school colors. You don't oh. just pop out in some red pants, because that sounds super, I don't know. super what? What's wrong with Un-Christian? the Un-Christian? I don't know. <laughs> don't be discriminating against the color red. You wear red pants because you go to Georgia. That's why. It's I mean, white. Jesus' blood was red, and Listen. that's a good thing. Okay. So. That's good. So, yeah. We met at FCA, so that's good, and... He got up. We were talking about having dating, a dating relationship that was godly. And Benjamin stood up and he said, well, my dad said, in order for you to have a good relationship, you have to be on one side, the girls on the other side, and God's in the middle. Hmm. And you're going up the triangle sides. And the closer you get to God, the closer you will get to the person that you're dating or married. And so I remember thinking, leaning over to my friend, Michelle Tyree, and I said, what is his name again? <laughs> and that was my first time recognizing Benjamin. She recognized me for some spiritual thing I said. <laughs> I recognize her because she looked good. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> but you both came from a Christian background and homes that were following Jesus. I was raised Catholic in the Catholic Church and uh, went to a Christian school. And so I was saved in seventh grade. So I was trying to reconcile that growing up, like the differences and what that meant. But the understanding of the gospel and who Jesus was was always something that was definitely taught and talked about throughout my my upbringing. Yeah, and my parents both were believers way before I was born. So I was definitely raised in a home that taught us. Right from wrong. We were in church multiple times a week. Uh, my father was an assistant pastor. He's actually a, a full-time pastor now. And so we were both raised in, in church. So we definitely had that background. So did you guys start dating right away? I mean, Benjamin, did you go, hey, I got to ask that red pants girl out? I mean, what happened? Man, well, I would have, but she was dating some clown. Oh, stop. He was dating someone else. We were both you know, dating people. Yeah, we were both dating, dating people. We were. Um, my my situation was, was long distance, and my parents didn't really feel that great about the situation. I guess I'll just leave it there. Um, but Kirsten, however, was actually dating somebody, like, on campus that, that I, I would see and just shake my head. And be oh, like, what, stop what it. Are you, what are you doing? So we did date immediately. <laughs> But then 
through a series of events. We ended up breaking up. I did take her on a date, though, Dave. While I took she her was on, still on, with the other guy? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I would have, and I could have, because I wasn't scared of this chunk. Oh, listen. Um, we actually officially started dating probably uh, our junior year. Our junior year. We really we were spending a lot of time together, but we weren't really officially dating. And so I think we got, it's like going into the second semester of our junior year, we're like, wait, what are we doing? Are we going to just still be friends, or are we going to, like, make this official and date? And I think that was what was crazy because I remember the conversation. I remember where we were. I remember us deciding that we were going to officially date. That was uh, Christ. Was he the center or was it a different type of dating relationship Was or was, you know, that, did that come later? I would say that it was that from the beginning because even as we, before we were dating and then definitely as we were dating, we were doing a lot of community service at this one particular church where we would take the boys and the girls once a week and just talk to them about life, talk to them about abstinence, talk to them about dating, talk to them about, the, you know, have fun with them, answer their questions. So from the very beginning, we were trying to live a life that would be acceptable in God's eyes. And I think that um, that made all the difference because a lot of people, a lot of younger people without were looking up to our dating relationship. And we're also the oldest in our families. So he had five other brothers and sisters that were looking up to him. I have a brother who is younger. And so we always felt that, I mean, we were going to church together. We were doing a lot of things. And for us, it was just really important that what we were doing on the outside is what was actually happening on the inside. So, yes, a lot of that was just according to how God would have it. And there was a lot of people around us that were helping to make sure we stayed in check, if that makes sense. And were you guys talking about the future and the possibility of getting married and the NFL? What did that look like? I really think at, at, at one point, very early on, I would say I felt like Kirsten was going to be my wife. Now, that was a scary thing to think, mm. and I think I actually uttered those words maybe once, and she probably looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> but I, I did have this this feeling, I think partially because, it, you know, when, you, when you're in your 20s, early early 20s, and you start thinking about the possibility of marriage, many people advise you, okay, if you're going to do this thing and think about marriage, how about just make a checklist about the things that you want and don't want you know, where is God leading you? And so that way you don't get distracted by the nonsense. Hmm. And I felt like Kirsten lined up literally with everything that I had been thinking about. And so when I met her and we started getting to know each other, I really felt like like that was going to be it. Now, we didn't really talk about that mm -mm. that often. I think that for both of us, we had um, aspirations. You know, Kirsten ended up, we ended up graduating in 2003, sat beside each other in graduation. Kirsten ended up going to work in corporate America for a year and you know she had her goals of getting the corner office and being very business oriented business minded that's what she always wanted to do i ended up getting drafted and going to new england so we were separate for you know a, a year plus uh but i think our conversations were kind of like she said at some point it was after we graduated it became okay are we going to take the next step and get married or are we going to just break up because this long distance thing doesn't make any sense I think we both knew the importance of marriage. We both understood the power of a relationship. We understood, we understand it in a much better way now, but even at that point, I think we understood how God had created marriage and its purpose um, mm -hmm. and how there is so much uh, kingdom advancement and kingdom power that comes from a couple that is aligned for mm -hmm. his for his purposes. And I think we also understood that you know, there's going to be so many attacks that come against a marriage. There's going to be so many excuses. I'm not ready. She's not ready. I want to go do this. I want to do that. 
is there somebody else that's better? I mean, there's there's always going to be these things that Satan will throw at us. And I think that we both realized that. We realized that we had something that could be very, very special, but it was going to take us surrendering to what God had for us to do. Hmm. And so it was following through with what I felt from the very beginning. Yeah. And that's scary. Were you married before your rookie year or? After. Kirsten was actually living in L.A. at the time, and I flew out to L.A. We got engaged. We were engaged my entire rookie year. Then we got married after my rookie year in in July of that year. And, you know, I've always wanted to ask somebody because, you know, being with the Detroit Lions for 33 seasons, we never got to the Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, your rookie year, you go to the Super Bowl and win it. You know, tell me, was it everything you thought it'd be? Uh, No, it wasn't. (laughs) Um, a couple of things. Well, I did think that that was just the norm. I thought that, well, I mean, you just go to the NFL and you're supposed to go to the Super Bowl every single year. Uh, I soon found out that that wasn't the case, uh, especially later in my career. Uh, but that was a difficult year because I tore my ACL hmm. um, early in my rookie season. I, I missed most of that year. I was rehabbing. There were 84 inches of snow in Boston. I'd never seen more than maybe um, eight centimeters of snow. Um, it's a difficult place to play and to be, especially for a rookie. Kirsten was on the other side of the country. We get to the Super Bowl, and it's really great that we go to the Super Bowl, but I couldn't play, and I had a horrible attitude. Mm. I was a jerk to everybody who was there to support me, even though she came, my family came. So it was a very tough time for me, even though – it was great to be a part of a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. I think, too, Kristen, here you are. You're in L.A. living the dream life that you thought you would pursue your whole life. And then you leave all of that to follow mm-hmm. Ben to a whole different lifestyle. And now you're known as so-and-so's wife. Mm. Because I worked with the Lions' wives for 35 years, they are some of the most gifted, talented incredible women who have dreams and educations and training and often they leave all of that to follow their men what was that like for you it was really tough Hmm. I didn't realize how prideful I was and how my identity had been tied up for so long and what I had accomplished or thought I would accomplish in the future and so it was like that my first job out of college I just felt successful and then to have to leave that There was a little seed of bitterness that tried to to be nestled into what was going to be fertile ground for our marriage because we were moving away from our family, Hmm. a place that we had never been, either one of us even visited. And, you know, so then it was just really challenging. And I think, like you said, I think a lot of women go through that when they feel as though they're going to go a particular way. And the Lord says, "Uh," like, no, you're going to follow him. And and you kind of alluded to it. It's like everyone around you is like, it must be so awesome to be yeah. married to Benjamin. I'm like, really? Like, it's the same as married to your husband. Does he do, you know, like, let me tell you how awesome it is. body is better. Stop it. He works out. He works out. Whatever. So it's just a life that everybody assumes how awesome it is. And it was just really tough to be away from everything you knew. I knew no one. So Benjamin had been there a year. So he had friends and people that he knew. And then I just come and now I know no one. And so having to start over and then not working, it's like you've taken everything that was my identity away. And now my my new quote unquote identity, which I know it's not now, but then it's like my new identity is Mrs. Watson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even that. It was Ben's wife. It didn't even have the Mrs. It was just. And so I was like, good Lord, you have just stripped everything. And so that it was a process that of, um, 
learning my true identity mm. and that took a while and and it's just amazing how when you do surrender finally and that took that was not overnight by any means but it's just you know just learning that you know it can't be in benjamin my identity can't be in my work my can't my, it's like what it has to be in something that is true that is steadfast that is a firm foundation and that does not mean anything that I can see, touch, feel here on this earth. And so that was just, that started the process of being stripped away and having to be rebuilt like all 20, we were 24, yeah. 24 years, uh, you know, of what I had thought was important um, and realizing that it really wasn't as important as I thought it was. How, how did you guys discover your identity? Cause I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing for you, Benjamin, both husband and wife have their identity often in what we're doing and, you know, success in that area. So it wasn't just Kirsten. It's both of you have to find, is Christ really my foundation, my identity? Especially when football's over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're living that mm-hmm. now. And whether you're winning in, in, in New England or losing in Cleveland, you know, it's like, is that my identity? So how did you two find that, and how did that impact your marriage? Well, I think that, you know, kind of going back to that whole marriage conversation uh, we had about kind of the fears of of getting married. And when we got married, <laughs> a side note, there was one guy, <laughs> a guy named David Patton. And you probably know him. He was a wide receiver. Yeah. He passed away a couple of years ago. And um, he was in a locker next to me in New England. And I didn't know him personally. He was a veteran player, much older than me. So I looked up to him. His family wasn't with him in New England. They were in South Carolina. But he would always talk about his wife. He would talk about his wife, talk about his kids. Hmm. His wife would send him flowers. He would send his wife flowers. Like They had, at least outwardly, this positive relationship when it came to marriage. I get engaged my rookie year, and literally to a man, everybody was like, what are you doing? (laughs) You just just got to the NFL. Are you serious? You get married, bro? Really? What? What? (laughs) And I remember like God placed me next to DP. Chief, what they call him, so that I would have a veteran player that was actually hmm. speaking positivity into the decision that I was making that I was very scared to make. Hmm. And so then fast forward a few years later, you talk about identity. I believe it's Gary Thomas writes the book Sacred Marriage, right. talking about marriage is made not necessarily to make you happy, but to make you holy. And I think that I would not have realized my identity in what I professed it to be, which is in Christ, if it had not been for my wife. Mm-hmm. So if it had not been for Kirsten realizing the perfectionism that was within me and how I struggled tremendously with the successes and failures of daily practice as well as weekly games, how I was kind of on a roller coaster, how I would act differently if things were you know, going poorly. She was the one who actually said, you need to go get some help. And I had to go get some you know, clinical help for the perfectionism and the borderline depression that I was dealing with. Hmm. And it's amazing how God, you know, uses a spouse. And that's why God created marriage as a, as a help meet so that together we can be, become this reflection of him. Those things wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have committed to following his plan and, and engaging in marriage specifically with Kirsten. So that was part of my, you know, realizing my identity to answer your question was going through a process of releasing some of that performance related Mm -hmm. value system that I, that I had, even though I was a believer, even though I talked about God's grace, 
I still struggle with that and I still struggle with that to this day, but I can identify it. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mm -hmm. I I know that the reason why was because of, of her pushing me and also having someone who sees my value and speaks life into my value Mm -hmm. outside of my performance. Mm -hmm. This just confirms why we have always loved you guys. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like you are always pointing back to Jesus, always pointing back to what makes the difference in our marriage, in our career, in our lives? It is Jesus and what he's done. And just your surrender, you're both incredibly surrendered. And I know that's like a daily kind of thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. But that's inspiring of just your picture of marriage and even your need for one another. Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you need some practical help in your relationship and aren't quite sure where to turn? We offer relationship checkups where you will meet with one of our trained relationship coaches who will help equip you with some new tools while you take a more holistic look at your relationship. For more information, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Need Help tab and get started today. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today. 